Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Money FM Budget Conversations 2023 is presented by UOB in partnership with KPMG. UOB, building the future of ASEAN. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Ryan Huang, and it is Budget Week. And I want to start off this interview session with this quote. And this is that this is the government signaling a shift a change. And that change is not just government doing it, but it's government responding to what we see as a society. And those were the words from Minister in the Prime Minister's Office and Second Minister for Finance and National Development, Ms. Indrani Raja, as we spoke to her at a special budget panel hosted by Money FM 89.3 this week. That's right, you mean us. So we were there last night where she said those words. And this really paints a very uh, interesting picture because I think... signals a big shift in terms of how the government is looking at things and the recognition perhaps that Singapore is moving in some fashion mm-hmm. when you look at how the pressures on some parts of the population are playing out. So this is pretty much a response to the heavy focus on social spending, in particular support for families in this year's budget. And to discuss the response we are seeing in this shift in this year's budget, we are joined by Alvin Liu, Senior Economist at UOB. Hello. Thank Hi. you, everyone. Hi, Alvin. Good to have you with us. Alvin, before we dive into the details, I want to ask you what kind of response we've seen to this increase in focus on families in this year's budget. As in the man on the street? The man on the street or from your fellow economists as well and what this might mean for the bigger picture when it comes to Singapore's economy. Okay, just like in the conversations that we had this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is the, the the one that sits out, stands out the most is all the measures that towards the family and first-time parents. Mm-hmm. And that really sticks up. But of course, we still see the other facets that is important in the budget for the companies, measures to on innovation. Those things are important and those things are still there and are enhanced. But uh, like what Indranui has said, they have listened to the people and this is a good response. Mm, and Mr. Johnny shared that as the budget has signaled, this indicates a new era for Singapore, not only as post-pandemic, but as the needs of the population shift. So the government is responding to that. What does this mean for Singapore as a society? Because when you look at budgets, how it looks this year, it's a bit different from how it's been looking in the past few years and previous budgets when we had a lot of corporate policies coming out. It's a big focus or shift perhaps towards a new direction. I think, uh, to be fair, right, the last few budgets that we had was very emergency-driven, COVID years. So those were difficult to really assess on the basis of this. But there are new realities that we face. And some of the numbers, hard numbers, you can't deny the fertility trend, the number 1.237. That's a reality for us. And if we don't do anything, and that, what does that mean for us as a population? Certainly, we know that we are still on the immigration path and that will help to buffer both the population as well as the workforce. But uh, beyond that itself, the needs to address those hard numbers, right, is pertinent. And we see that in this. It may look like it looks like in the form of the family, but then Mm -hmm. the hard numbers are there to suggest that if you don't do anything, right, you can't reverse this trend and this is the path that we were heading towards. But that said, though, the fertility trend has been on the downward slope for you know, for decades now. Why now? Is this, could this is be something that should have been implemented sooner by the government? 
I think there's perhaps more ways to think about this uh, mm. as we move towards the current society where I believe that the younger folk, they have a louder voice mm. and they have more outlets for them to voice their concerns, social media. That's one. And that changing norms, right, also reflect your the way you listen as well. Mm. And one of the portions that stood out for me from the discussion was how this budget seemed to speak to the millennial segment. Do you think that comes across to you as well when you look at all the measures coming forth for the family compact, mm-hmm. for housing and so forth? I think they are an important segment where they bring us forward to the next level. But at the same time, as we have talked about there, if they are happy, right, most likely that their parents will be happy for them too. And those pressures, right, it's like uh, being as a parent myself, right? My kids are very young, but I already at this point, right, I'm worried about housing for them in Mm. their future. I can imagine that for those parents who have kids that are married, but have difficulties finding the afford their first house. And of course, we do see a lot that a lot of the parents are helping them out. But those parents who can't afford the luxury of helping them out, right, these measures do answer their prayers. And happy parents, but perhaps also employers should look at this from a positive perspective as well, because while some may be frowning at the extension to paternity leave in the sense that, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to deal with an extra two weeks if one of, one of my employees ends up having a child. But these benefits could translate to happy workers. Happy workers means happy businesses. Good business means good for the economy. I think definitely happy workers and happy companies, that is a good outcome. But of course, the concerns is of course closer to the SME segment whereby mm. manpower is a tighter issue yeah. and uh, with a person away for two weeks makes a difference. A company with uh, 100 workers versus a company with just three workers. So those are those differences that they need to iron out. Now, I imagine different sectors will fill it differently as well because some sectors require specially trained people mm-hmm. who might be missing. Correct. But at the end of the day, this is a good direction that we are heading. Their mindset needs to move towards that direction, but at the same time, help towards for these companies, SMEs, right, to cope with these changes will probably be also very welcome. We're speaking with Alvin Liu, Senior Economist at UOB. This budget discussion is brought to you by UOB. UOB, building the future of ASEAN. Alvin, just to follow up now and taking a different direction, we've spoken about uh, budget and what it means for families and how that translates into businesses and the economy. Um, I want to talk now about the increase in spending being a little bit more structural and how the government is likely to fund such spending. We've spoken about luxury taxes, but what are some of the other avenues that we could potentially be looking at here? Uh, Of course, the one that everybody feels right is GST. And it's increased this year and it will be increased again in 2024 by one percentage point in January then. Uh, Of course, in our preview, we thought that there was a good case for them to delay Mm. because the inflation environment now when we perceive it versus one year ago when we are looking at the outlook is vastly different. It's much more elevated. But of course, uh, there was no such measure being announced. So we have to assume that it will take place. Yeah, Alvin, so when you look at it, right, everything is going to cost more. Healthcare costs is going up. Mm-hmm. And all the priorities that we need to handle, you know, aging population and all parts of the equation, all that will cost more. So I'm wondering if this is a good time to start talking about whether GST in future, do we need to start thinking about whether it goes beyond 9%? I think 
at least to me, right, I know that within a certain time period, I would not be surprised that it will be raised again before year 2030. I'm looking at, of course, approaching 10% level. Because when you compare it to other regions, it's quite relatively a big gap with where some of the European countries are, for example. Um, that's right. But then, of course, when we look across the region, there's also varying rates within the ASEAN uh, landscape as well. But to put it into context, of course, GSC is very broad-based and the revenue itself from GST is quite stable and can be more easily predictable versus others. And if you look at the budget, uh, then 20 FI 2023, right, the numbers that just came out, it is likely that the GST will overtake personal income tax revenue as the biggest, the second biggest source of revenue for the government. Mm, I think that's right. And just to put it in context, I was just reminded recently that uh, GST or VAT is the equivalent in the UK. It's at 20 percent. If you compare that to our current 8% and soon 9% and possibly 10% by 2030, according to Alvin. So you mentioned that GST would, you know, take up a, a, the lion's share when it comes to contributions. But we've also spoken about wealth taxes. Do you think the the luxury taxes that we saw in this year's budget are enough? Or is there room for more movement there? And I guess... Um, on the back of that, how much is too much? <laughs> okay, I think when we look at the luxury tax, right, I would say that this tax itself, right, is quite targeted. For example, the cars itself is for mm-hmm. really for the high-end car, luxury cars. And um, those, as uh, with some of my peers in the research field itself, some of them said perhaps the price gets more, right? It makes them more attractive for them. Huh? Yeah, this is a good point. Because in the panel discussion, we also raised up the point that these are rich people who will be able to afford the tax hike anyway. And I think the important part that this is, um, to me, is a discretionary spending. Even if you are both two billionaires, both need not necessarily want to buy a very expensive car. So the one who wants to buy it, both of them could well afford it. But the one who wants to buy it will pay the additional and that helps the revenue. If you don't want to buy the car, you are not... But is there a point where this becomes too much? It's a difficult question to ask, especially when you're referring to a very, perhaps quite narrow set of... But I think the broader question perhaps would be like, will you be looking at more broader or more Mm. stronger, stringent kind of wealth taxes? Mm. For example, like uh, people are worried about capital gains tax, estate duties and such. I think the fact that they have approached the wealth tax in this area, right, there is a good indication that they are not trying to go back to that route where they are looking at reintroducing capital gains tax and or estate duty. That doesn't seem to be the direction that they are heading for. Yeah, I've been going along the lines of taxes, right? Do you see any other potential avenues for taxes? Because in some places like the Philippines and Thailand, they have the sugar tax, you know, just to help people get in line to becoming more healthy. But also it helps with revenue streams. Do you see any potential areas that Singapore can explore to get, I guess, tax revenue? I think uh, you pointed out a good point. And, and we had the example in the budget as well. and it came Tobacco. In, yeah. Uh, but uh, again, when you see the amount of revenue raised, it is quite a lot. Uh, so like, I mean, 100 million. But uh, in the bigger scheme of things, when you look at compared to what GST gets and what corporate income tax gets and personal income tax gets, I think that pales in comparison. Of course, in budget 2022, the marginal personal income tax was also increased. 
but it wasn't increased this time. I think there's also considerations that this itself right, will have issues on Singapore's competitiveness and ability to attract foreign talent and wealth into the country. So those are some of the considerations. But I think in time, there would be still some adjustments, especially to make the system more equitable, which is one of the basis for their tax system changes. Okay, Alvin, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. A lot to digest from this year's budget and now to digest whether or not we could see GST move to 10% by 2030. 2030, yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're listening to Money FM 89.3. We've been speaking with Alvin Liu, Senior Economist at UOB. Money FM Budget Conversations 2023 is presented by UOB in partnership with KPMG. UOB, building the future of ASEAN. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.